is Wyman and Bob. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is... Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app, seattlesports.com. We're everywhere. We're everywhere, by God. Hopefully, everybody had a great long weekend. Welcome back. Nice day outside. Perfect day to talk about everything going on in the world of sports, Dave. How about that? Well, I was coming across the 520 Bridge, and you could not pour water out of a bucket more than you could when I was going across the bridge right there. It was raining earlier with the sun out. It was pretty cool. You like that, huh? Unless you're in the rain. Well, when you're inside, it's pretty cool. If you're outside, yeah, I don't, I don't appreciate it. But uh, hopefully, we'll be getting to some warmer weather, some sunshine. Spring training is happening. Baseball is right around the corner, so that signifies warmer weather and sunny days. So that's what I'm choosing to focus on. We're gonna take a look at what's going on in the world of free agency out there. We'll speak with Sam Fortier, he's a Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post. Talk about. Uh, couple interesting names on that roster that could be of use to the Seattle Seahawks defense. Uh, Greg Allman, who is the uh, the uh, reporter for the Bucks and the NFC South for Fox Sports, will join us at 4.30, talk about their new uh, quarterback coach out there and everything going on with uh, with their new offensive coordinator. And then El Hombre, Michael Bradley, joining us at 5 o'clock. So good stuff coming your way. Just have a seat, relax, enjoy the rest of your day with us. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I uh, actually talked to somebody out there uh, in Tampa Bay yesterday. They called and you know, sent me a text. And uh, I don't know how they get my number. Maybe left in the black book. The black book. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's an NFL book that has everybody's numbers. But anyway, they were asking me about Dave Canales. And I'm like, oh, he's a really nice guy. He's a, <laughs> he's a good coach. I mean, and, you know, it made me think about our interview with John Schneider. And you asked him right off the get-go, you know, like usually you don't do uh, a lot of media and stuff. And he's like, well, we got Pete. Yeah. You know, I mean, Pete, he's 20 years older than, than Schneider. And, you know, he's really good at it is what John said. And, you know, that's kind of how it is. I mean, I think we hear from the defensive coordinator and we get to kind of know these guys. But it's not like I knew a whole lot about Dave Canales under, other than he's a really nice guy and he's a good quarterback coach. Yeah, we don't, uh, we're not talking to the linebacker coach. We're not talking to the quarterback yeah. coach or the wide receiver coach. We just don't, yeah, they don't do much. We don't get a chance to interact with them much. So you just look at... All right. Well, what do the players say about him, and how are those players playing? All right, All right. he's good. Well, and as it turns out, yeah, they they've got like uh, what two or three Mike uh, free agents on a list we have here that the Buccaneers, including my guy Levante David, yeah, they have no money either. They're fifty five million over the cap, so well, those that, guys are probably gone. That'll be an interesting, yeah. And I don't know how they're going to sign Gino, and they're asking me about that. So, but yeah, it's kind of interesting that how the Bucks are going to sign Gino. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, because that, that's what they were. Everybody's drawn that conclusion, right? The second that, and we found that out on Thursday when Canales left, is everybody's just automatically thinks, "Oh yeah, well, Gino's going to go with him." I'm like, really? Mm. Hmm. I didn't. I didn't necessarily put that together. I didn't even consider that, to be honest. I mean, I, I guess it could be a landing. They need a quarterback, and there is the familiarity. But as as Lefko just said, they're not in a position financially right now. Yeah, unless they restructure a bunch of contracts and shed themselves of a bunch of contracts well, who knows well it's kind of interesting because I, I sort of compared him to levante david because you know they down there and i'm talking to the tampa bay guys and you know saying look i'd love to have levante david and we'll talk about that later but i 
I'd be surprised. He spent his whole year, uh, whole career down there, and he's been willing to take less money. He was making half of what Bobby Wagner was making in years where he had better stats. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's going to be willing to take the hometown discount to stay home and finish his, what, 11-year career, I think, with Tampa. But, yeah, so I, I, anyway, I, the parallel I made is why wouldn't he stay there? And it's kind of the same thing with Gino here, I feel like. I feel like you definitely have the advantage, whether Dave Canales leaves or, or what, that this is the team. This is the team that you got good at, and they believed in you and put their faith in you and gave you every opportunity, and it paid off. Yeah, yeah. I did. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into what's going on with this roster and some of the some of the names out there outside of Geno that are of interest to this team on other teams and all of that. But uh, you had the XFL happening this weekend. Did you get a chance to take much of that in? Yeah, I recorded the game and uh, sort of sped through it. I mean, I, I, think, I think it was funny listening to Bumpus. Now, I'm going to call out Bump. Maybe he's not to his car yet and just say that I'm thinking that that because there's a football game on, he's telling his wife, I can't do that or I can't do this because there's football on. I think he's just trying to extend Extend his, the football his pass. Yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. have to do uh, anything on the list that you have for me. Yeah. I, I can't throw the trash right now. I can't mow the lawn. We got football. Whereas I cleaned our rugs while I was watching the XFL wow. game. Okay. So, no. <laughs> but, Are you the one that dirtied the rugs? <laughs> no, that would be Hoover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe you'd track something in from the back. No, I actually do spill a fair amount of things. <laughs> That's the least That's... surprising thing oh, you've really? ever said. Yeah, we got a story about that later. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, yeah, over my long weekend. Um, but, uh, by the way, healthy, totally healthy. No right. injuries. I had no injuries okay, over the weekend. Good. That's except, a win. Except my thumb's cracking a little bit here. My, that, but did you have any mishaps? I did have a yeah, mishap. We'll, we'll okay. get into his mishaps. Right. We'll, we'll get into that. What, what are you afraid I'm going to jump ahead and tell it right now, Bob? <laughs> yes. Let's get into yes, the XFL. Yeah, right let's talk XFL. Uh, first of all, I'm just curious for people out there. A, did you watch it? You guys can text in 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. A, did you watch the XFL? Did you watch just the Sea Dragons, or did you? I watched a couple of games. Uh, and B, did you like it? Did you? Were you in? Bump obviously is very excited about it. He loved it. I saw it kind of fifty-fifty on Twitter, just social media, just seeing what people thought of it. I got a kick out of the uh, who was it? St. Louis and San Antonio. That comeback, yeah. Was that the big comeback with the It was crazy. They were down yeah. fifteen to three with under two minutes to go. And they were able to come back. So they, they basically they score a touchdown, six points. Right. You can go for three points. You know, you can go one, two, three, depending on how far back you want to go. That's the one where they there was a penalty, so it cut it in half, right? Uh well that happened the Sea Dragons too, on that conversion. They yeah, did but, actually make a three-pointer. It might have happened in the I think, yeah, yeah, so anyway, yeah, so they convert on the three points. Mm-hmm. So it turns into a nine-point touchdown, essentially. And then you have the option, rather than going, you can go onside kick, or you can go fourth and 15. And if you convert it, which is, I find it weird that they no, call no, it fourth. No, no onside kick. That's instead of the onside kick. So that's I thought you big... could opt for the onside kick. No, no, no. The... That's the change. There's oh, no, there's no okay. onside kick. My yeah. bad. I thought there was an option. You could either go onside kick or go. But I think it's interesting. They call it fourth and fifteen. Well, Why not just call it? Hey, you got to convert on this down. <laughs> this is. I don't. I don't think you're the only one that's confused because I think what is it? Fourth and fifteen from the twenty-five. Uh, I think that, it's your yeah, own. Yeah, because if you convert it, it's just the drive starts from yeah. there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah. it's back you're tw- you're 25 and if you don't pick it up then pretty much the game's over. Yes. Yeah. So and there's a higher chance of picking up a forfeit uh what I think I saw with the new rules in the NFL it's like a 5% chance or 6 and it used to be like 22 mm. when the you could overload one side. 4th on and 15? No, no, I'm talking um, about onside kick. Oh, onside kick, yeah. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, I think it's I think Elway was part of this a few years ago where the NFL was talking about doing that. Uh, that they were going to that they were going to substitute a 4th and 15 on your own 25-yard line. And I just remember thinking that was kind of screwy for Elway, who was kind of more of a traditionalist, mm-hmm. to be championing that. But I don't know. I, does, does that come off like, okay, you can suck the whole game, and then at the end go for a three-point, which is what? Is it the 10-yard the line? 10-yard uh, line, yeah. For three, yeah. and then five for two, mm-hmm. yeah, and then is it two for one? Well, one from the two-yard two line. Two-yard line, yeah. right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, does that bother you? That is it kind of gimmicky? I mean, everything seems like this in the beginning, right? Like when you see, uh, you know, new uniforms and stuff. Although I think the Sea Dragons are pretty cool. I like I like their uniforms. The orange yeah. and green's pretty. I, I kind of like that. But you know, everything looks gimmicky and seems kind of screwy. But you know, it, maybe the NFL looked like that in the very beginning. Yeah, it is. It's certainly different. It's certainly got to get used to what all the rules are and different things they can do. And again, the the fourth and fifteen was was interesting. So I'm reading the the game notes here. So. It was fifteen to three, with just one twenty-five remaining. Right. So St. Louis scores a touchdown, three-point conversion from the ten-yard 10 line to make it fifteen to twelve, and then you go for the uh, the fourth and fifteen, which is at the they line up at their own twenty-five-yard line. Right. They convert it first down. They keep the ball. You know, so they they go on to win this game. Uh, it it's just. Yeah, it is. A, it feels a little gimmicky. It's it's decidedly different, than, drastically different than the NFL. The kickoffs are weird because you've got the opposing teams lined up five yards from each other. They're facing each other, and there's five yards between them. But they can't engage. They can't move until the ball's kicked and lands in the hands of the returner. Then they go. It, it, so it's weird to see them all at, basically at midfield. The, mm. the kicker's way back there, way behind them kicks the ball off and they're all just sitting there waiting to see the the returner catch the ball as soon as he touches the ball then they can engage but there's only a five yard gap between the two lines if you will that's funny because i did not see one kickoff yeah it's really odd like that's strange way back i don't know what is he 35 yards behind him 30 yards Well, dave should love this this league devalues kickers yeah. So there you go. They're not as important. But it's literally yeah. like 30, is it 25, 30 yards I don't know behind the, exact the line? Yards, but yeah, they're all the way there. So they're they don't way want back. returns. Yeah, they're way, the kicker is way behind the line. So, well, and then I don't know what I like less kickers or people trying to make tackle football safe. And, and that's where my, my problem is with it. And same thing. You know, with the NFL on the onside kick, I mean, it used to be that you could overload it. It just doesn't happen that often. They talk about, oh, well, there's lots of concussions on those plays. How many times do you, you know, do the overload? I feel like you should do whatever you want. You know, like they did away with the shift because of the good of the game and, you know, the whole thing about, um, you know, more offense and more excitement and things like that. You took the excitement of the onside kick away in the name of trying to make it safer right. for the football player. And I just, I have a problem with that. I just, I, I feel like it's it's not that big of an increase. And it and when somebody might say, well, you know, you're like twice as likely to, uh, you know, get a 
a headache on a uh, onside kick. Well, how many onside kicks are there? There's just not that many. It's not right. a big enough number. So yeah, that's where, you know, it always goes back to that for me because I'm looking at, like, the NFC Championship game, and that was 2000 – well, that was a 2014 season. It was 2015 when it took place, and the Seahawks were able to to recover an onside kick and and finish out that game, and you know upset the, the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if they're favorites or not, but they came from way behind. So, yeah, that that part of it, uh, the the safety thing. It's like why even have a kickoff? You know, now they're making it so like it's we we don't see a lot of big kickoff returns. It's not an exciting play like it used to be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's. Int- Are you sure they don't have the option for an onside kick? I was wrong. They do, but it's the fourth <laughs> and fifteen in the fourth quarter. The thing is, though, who would do it? That's the point. I, I think I like that. That's an option because of the percentages, right? Yeah. I mean, it's and so they have the same thing as the NFL when they do their onside kick, right? That it's yeah, five and five. You can't that. I don't know because I I don't think we saw one. You know, I don't think yeah. there's been an onside kick attempt because there's this option, but because it worked. Yeah, I mean that's something. Hey, could you see other leagues like the NFL adopting this? Yeah, well, th- there's a number I saw on that, and I, I I'm I might be off a couple percentage points, but it was like twenty. You have like an eighteen to twenty-two percent chance of picking up a fourth and fifteen, whereas the onside kick is like five yeah. percent or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, when you torture the numbers, it's you're four times as likely to pick up a fourth and fifteen, right? So, yeah, that it's still very uncommon. So it's it's kind of interesting, and I think it's. This is another thing that's good for the NFL. Not only is it good for guys that you know aren't playing. Here's what you need in the NFL. Here's what you need in football. You need reps, man. I mean, and practice is one thing. Seven on seven, you know, going out and playing that kind of stuff, working out in the gym. You need reps. And so this is giving opportunities. And we'd talked to, you know, Schneider told us about how Gino was talking about going to the Canadian Football League. The, mm-hmm. You know, that's that was really the only place to go. And now there's a place for guys like Josh Gordon, who, you know, I really admire. I mean, he's... He's kind of been his own worst enemy, but he's he's trying to get back in and he's trying to work hard at an older age, over 30, and it's it's a great opportunity for him to get reps and maybe get back in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's I think there's a lot of positives to it now whether people make it appointment television and sit in front of the TV every week and I think the games are Thursday this week, right? The yeah, Sea Dragons, it's kind of an odd a, schedule. Talk about East Coast bias. You want to get into how the league's already screwing over Seattle. We can get into that. Play oh, really? a Sunday night road game, have to come and play a Thursday game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody cares about those guys. No, no one cares. Yeah, but, like, I mean, there was uh, an, there was the an uproar league. about the NFL they, schedule and the Seahawks. So they, they look like they, they had pretty, the sea dragons get. pretty decent crowds yeah. out there. There were t- over 24,000 at that San Antonio game. Yeah, they love yeah. their football there. Yeah. It the, was, the Washington crowd wasn't. Wasn't great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they had The Rock and the other co-owners yeah. went to each game. So well, they flew to every game. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what, Texas is like, who was it? We had a, I think it was Wade LeBlanc was telling us that like Louisiana is to baseball what Texas is to football. That Texas, I mean, you, you get religion, you get probably those kinds of crowds at high school games. Well, yeah, high schools have stadiums yeah, out there in Texas, exactly. man. That's a- Ask Moyer about the time Bellevue went down and put a hurting on Katy, Texas. <laughs> yeah, so he'll tell you all about it. Yeah, uh, it, it was, it, that's a good place to have it. It was interesting. It was interesting. I mean, the Sea Dragons lost. There were some uh, crucial turnovers there with Danucci, who I remember from his time on Hard Knocks out there as the quarterback for your Sea Dragons. And it was playing well and then had a couple of costly uh, turnovers and then the fumble at the end. So, 
Yeah, I thought he was the, well. Thought he was the guy that made the cake in uh, Godfather. Danucci. What was his name? Danucci. <laughs> I can't remember. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his character's name though. Well, I would be curious though. You're right. Thursday. Because it's the home opener. It's also the night of a very big Kraken game. I mean, they host the Bruins. Mm. So they're drawing against a tough crowd there. So I'd be curious to know how many people are going to go or how many people are, are excited about this home opener. Home opener is Thursday. Yeah. Who are they playing? Ooh, that's a good question. There's only like eight teams, I think right? it is St. Louis, actually. And isn't there three teams in the state of Texas? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then yeah. a lot of uh, if you go to look at like stats and everything, there's been like two or three times that I yeah, punched in XFL yeah. and uh, I end up getting stats from 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that's never stopped you before. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about the Chiefs' O line from a few years back. That was oh like, yeah, I just I strolled down memory lane. That. <laughs> Nobody even caught that. Actually, Taylor Jacobs did because he's a he's a Chiefs a fan. Honk. Uh, one other story that was going on in the NFL that we were following, and you weren't here on Friday. This this news broke that day. But Eric Bieniemy hired by the Commanders as their offensive coordinator, so he leaves the Chiefs with the all world offense and you know maybe the best quarterback in the league and you know just uh, Super Bowl champs, obviously two of the last three times they've gone and moves to the Commanders. And we talked about when it was just, you know, hearing that he was interviewing, going, well, why would he make that lateral move to go work for an organization that is so appears to be poorly run and just has so much dysfunction out there with Daniel Snyder and all the investigations? And boy, he just, I guess, getting out from under the shadow of Andy Reid was a much bigger deal than I gave credit for because, and I assume he's making more, I would, I hope he's making more money to go deal with, with that situation because. That's a t- if he can do it there, he proves a lot because a you don't have a quarterback, you don't have close to the offensive weapons you had in Kansas City, and you work for an owner that most people seem to believe is is less than a good guy. And the environment is not great now. Rivera is a great guy, but yeah, just- I think he's changed things quite a bit. Um, <sighs> I, I get you know you're right. The ownership ultimately it comes from the top down, but he's kind of severed himself from that. Although there's some debate as to whether or not didn't he have his wife doing things at yeah, one point yeah he would put basically put it in her name saying yeah. he's not controlling it anymore it's stupid but ron rivera i think is is really one of the more well-respected guys around right. the league so giving him a chance or, and like you said you can pay maybe they paid him a, a ton of money there but i thought it was kind of interesting to hear a little dissent you know, as far as uh, the kind of job that he can do. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy, who was a member of the Chiefs for, for a hot minute out there, uh, has some doubts about being me as head coach. What's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about Officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you what Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film or practices and we correct the the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad that he's there so that we can get maybe a better evaluation of him. You know, he's kind of, I mean, I, I think he's kind of been in the shadow of Andy Reid. But, you know, I, I played against him, and mm-hmm. he was 
he was a contentious individual, you know, and, and not everybody likes him and not everybody likes his style and everything. But now he's going to get a chance to, you know, crawl from underneath, uh, you know, Andy Reid and and see what he can be. And I, I think the fact that Ron Rivera is giving him that chance doesn't surprise me. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be more interesting to watch the Commanders. Really. I mean, I, I mean, typically Monday night game and it's, you know, the – the uh, the football team there. Um, I almost went back to the 1980s there, Bob, with the name. But uh, commanders. the commanders and you know they're playing Buffalo. Whoever I, I'm going to tune in just to see, you know, see how he handles himself on the sidelines. What difference does he make? Can he make a difference? And because he's been one of the great mysteries in you know ever since they went to the Super Bowl the first time uh, a few years ago and beat the 49ers. All right, let's take two. Well, free agency gets underway on March 15th, but the Seahawks have re-signed one of their own pending free agents, guard Phil Haynes, to a one-year deal. He's been with the Seahawks since they drafted him in the fourth round back in 2019 and was a key part of the, the starting O-line this past season. He, yeah. Part of the rotation with Gabe Jackson. Yeah, well, and he slowly got more and more percentage-wise. I really like Phil. He's a really nice, thoughtful guy. But, you know, when he really started to shine was at the end of the 2020 season, I think. Maybe it was 2021 uh, where that's when Rashad Penny got going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a great pulling guard. Um, but we'll, And I think he's a really intelligent guy. I'm, I'm happy about that one. Um, I'll be curious to see uh, if, you know, once you sign him to a deal like this, that maybe he steps up and becomes the guy that you thought he still would a, when you drafted him. Yeah, still approve a deal. He's, yeah. he's playing for his next deal. It's a one-year deal, so he's getting a year to show, hey, I'm worth a multi-year deal, whether it's yep. with the Seahawks or elsewhere. So we'll we'll see. But, yeah, good signing. According to Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports, the Seahawks are set to hire the Rams' Greg Olson. Not that Greg Olson. It's the Rams' Greg Olson, who spent last year as the team's, this is a title, senior offensive assistant. And he was also the Raiders' offensive coordinator from 2018 through 2021. All right. <laughs> I was waiting for you to have a response there. No, well, hiring him as, as their what? quarterback coach. Sorry, I should okay. to replace Dave Canales. Okay, yeah, I mean, interesting. And like I said, when I was talking to the people in Tampa, I don't know a whole lot about Dave Canales other than he's a nice guy and he's done a good job here. He used to coach the receivers, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if there's any kind of connection with Greg Olson and either Drew Locke or. That's another thing I talked to the Tampa Bay people. I'm like, there's Drew Locke there. You can have him, too, if you want. Uh, but <laughs> Trying to misdirect them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we're interested to see uh, if there's any kind of connection there with uh, Gino that we don't know about. Take two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. Coming up, Shohei Otani's pending free agency next season is already one of the biggest stories in baseball this season. We'll get into what that means for the Mariners. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. People say that to try to sound fancy, Bob. I had never heard that term before. Never heard it. Cover six. (laughs) Cover six. Uh, 
Uh, I forgot what the hell I was going to say. I completely <laughs> blanked. But there we go. All well, right. that's what you get when I your was... idiot co-host just comes on and starts blathering on about cover six. <laughs> was, I had something in mind, and it just left me. Maybe it'll come back. If it does, I'll share it with the rest of you. Uh, meanwhile, Shohei Otani <laughs> is being being asked questions. Everybody's being exposed to the media for the first time in baseball, showing up to, to uh, spring training. And, you know, managers and players and everybody – doing their thing, talking to the media. Well, Shohei is a huge story because he's only signed through this season. And he is presumably going to be maybe the biggest free agent in the history of the sport at the end of the season if he doesn't get traded at the trade deadline. Uh, I sent you guys that story where they were speculating. Let's see. Otani, 28, has performed as both an elite hitter and an elite pitcher over these past two seasons and could fetch a free agent contract in the neighborhood of five hundred million, if he does so again. So if he has another good year, according in this doesn't mean it's gospel, but this is just the the ESPN writer talking about this. He could be looking at a contract in the five a half a billion dollar half. contract, Dave. I can't. That, it's unbelievable, but we might as well get used to it. It's kind of like quarterback salaries, right? Where you just we sit there and just go, "Are you wait what forty what forty five fifty? You well, know, do you think we'll live? Well, I know you will because you're thirty seven, or did that's I, right thirty six? Um, <laughs> or you think we're going to see a billion dollar contract? Yes, at somewhere some point. in sports. Yes, yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable. It, the first thing I thought though, a five hundred million dollar deal, I thought, well, the Mariners were were like, well, we're not going to do a ten year two hundred fifty million dollar deal, but. A ten-year, five hundred million dollar deal. Well, and that, maybe that might work out for us. That was my question <laughs> to you guys last night in the notes, and and we every conversation we had in talking about this Mariners offseason began with, well, first of all, they were never going to be in the running for an eleven, twelve-year deal for three hundred and sixty million, or you know, any of those Trey Turner, Aaron Judge deals. They were just that was just a non-starter. Let's look at the next rung. Mm-hmm. Is how that was talked about by everybody. So we're also we've also been led to believe that hey the Mariner even in this article they talk about the teams that will be interested that will be in play for Otani in the off season and they talk about the outside of the Angels the Angels want to back obviously it'd be the Angels the Dodgers uh, the Mets the Cubs the Giants and then the last team they mention the Mariners and I'm looking at that going okay so. It was an absolute non-starter to talk about a contract of a three hundred million dollar range over a decade for anybody else, but now we're to believe the Mariners are going to be in the running for a guy who might be in the neighborhood of five hundred million dollars. Well, I'm sorry, who put the list together there? Uh, this was the writer uh, yeah, for ESPN. from ESPN, yeah, right? Alden Gonzalez. Yeah. So, I mean, just because he put it in there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't the, know. The dollar amount could be off. The teams could be off. It's just. He said the Dodgers and Mets are widely expected to be his most aggressive suitors, but several others, namely the Cubs, Giants, and Mariners, could have the payroll flexibility to get into the sweepstakes. Well, and look, this is something we talked about before, back when they weren't signing the 10-year, the Trey Turners, right? We mm-hmm. talked about maybe they're waiting until the next year and they could you know, sign Otani. I always get the feeling when they talk about like a guy like Trey Turner that a lot of it is... He doesn't fit here, and maybe it's his personality, the way he is, everything. When you look at Otani, that dude is the most respectful, nicest, friendliest. He see, he is seemingly, the way he carries himself on TV, like the best teammate ever. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, for, as far as that part of it goes, 
I guess I could kind of see it. And like I said, you know, maybe that will come because the Mariners told us and all of their press conferences and everything that we just weren't going to be in on these 10 year, 250. Maybe their, maybe their uh, idea about that changes next year, but what a player, man. And what, uh, just how much money he would bring to your franchise. And, you know, I, I feel like this would be a team that everybody would watch because, you know, look at the angels. I mean, they have Mike Trout and, who was the guy they tried to sign that broke his uh, um, with the really Anthony s- Rendon screwed up batting stance? Yeah, Anthony yeah, Rendon just doesn't didn't work for them. They're not winning, and it's just I don't know. I feel like Otani is kind of being wasted. Yeah, and he wants to, he keeps saying I want to win. That's what matters, and I want to win. And he's he's doing the right thing. He's saying the the right things, but you know, two things about him where I could I could justify it, I guess, if I'm a an owner saying, all right, I haven't been spending, I haven't been spending, but I'm going to spend on this guy. A, he's still, he's 28 years old. B, you're getting a frontline pitcher and a an elite hitter in one person. You're basically, that's two salaries. That's how I would almost view it. It's like, yeah, it'd be like us going out and getting a, a you know, top of the rotation pitcher and a middle of the order, middle of the order, you know, clean up number three hitter. But you're getting it in one person rather than two separate deals. Right. So it makes it, in my opinion, makes it more, you know, justifiable, I guess, if you're trying to, you know, get the rest of the ownership group to sit, to justify that spending. Hey, we're getting kind of two for one. Salaries are going up to where one guy is making this much money, but we're getting two in this instance. But it's still a lot of money for a team that has shown they are not eager to spend a lot of money. Well, and the other thing, too, is, man, and I say this, it's tongue in cheek. I promise, folks. Okay. But, you know, I always say that he could get hit by a bus. You know, I mean, this is just a flesh and blood human being. And, you know, he could get hurt. He could have, you know, uh, problems. Who knows? Who who knows what would happen? Maybe all that money would turn him into a weirdo, Bob. You know, you never know. But he's making 30 million this year. But I I don't know. I'm I'm just looking like if you're going to get. A $50 million deal. Is there anybody, and I would say the same question for, is there a bigger star? But is there anybody that seemingly is more reliable than this guy? You know, first of all, you mentioned his value, but just the way he carries himself, I don't, you don't feel like, I feel like he would do nothing but be a positive influence on the rest of your guys. You don't have to sell them to me, Dave. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You don't have to tell well, me. Well, I know you want to spend Stanton's money over yes, there. Yes, I do. You were over there eating lunch over I, I'm there. Eating up all of his profits. That's why he couldn't go get any free agents because of my lunch. But uh <laughs> tells you the level of free agents they were going after. Uh, uh, but no, it just it, it seems a bit counter. I mean, as far as the appeal, you, you don't have to sell me. Bring Otani. Spend, if it's 500 okay, I'm in. It's not my money. And but, I, I want that guy on the team. But... It, does it seem counterintuitive that all we've heard about all these deals in the offseason was, no, 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 that's not where the Mariners play. That's not the pool they swim in. Yeah. They're a team that looks at the next level and the next level below that. They don't play in that in that pool. But all of a sudden, here's Otani. And we've heard from, I think, Divish told us that, you know, the idea was that they're going to take a run at Otani next year. I don't know if they projected the numbers to be close to what this writer is saying. But it would seem to me if they – it just goes against who they've been. If all of a sudden, hey, Mariners are in the thick of it, we're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of a $500 million deal for this player. That would be one of the more shocking things ever in this city, I would think, because it just doesn't line up with who they've been. I'm I'm advocating for it. I'm all on board. 1,000% go do it, John Stanton. Go do it, Mariners ownership. I'm in. I just don't know if they feel that way. Well, who was the owner when they signed Robinson Cano? 
Was that another administration? Was that when... Was Nintendo still part of it? I can't remember if the, if uh, Yamauchi was still... I can't yeah. remember the timeline, to be honest. Because the ownership. that was a big time, big deal. I mean, it, just because they say they're not doing it doesn't mean that that's not who they are forever. Right. You know? It, I mean, if this guy comes along, I mean, he might be an entirely different animal you know as far as how the how they think about it but again i still think the half a billion scares me and then just the fact that like i said he's just a flesh and blood human being he's not a superhero he's not going to be immune to you know what if what if you sign that kind of deal and he's one of those guys that just gets kind of dinged up all the time and he's not ready and oh his arm's not ready and then well that's the beauty of his arm hurts he can still hit yeah well, <laughs> he would think, you maybe. Hope. I mean, he's had maybe. Tommy John. He had that when he first got in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's had that surgery. Doesn't mean he. I mean, listen, anybody that throws a hundred, their arm is up for grabs. I mean, there's there's a good chance they could suffer a shoulder injury, an elbow injury. I mean, it's just the nature of that that kind of torque on those joints. Can you imagine him and Julio? On the same team. Oh. And I'm sure that's what everybody in L.A. thought when he signed there. And, like, we have Mike Trout to go along with this guy. And Imagine him, Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby. Oh. It'd be the best rotation in all of baseball. Yes. Yes, it would. And then you... you Arguably, so- they already are. Offensive issues. I mean, it. he solves a lot of problems. He is going to... We'll see what his year's like. But if it's anything like the past couple years... I don't know that that number's that outrageous. I think we're we're look, you know, judge to sign what a 9-year, 360 million dollar deal. And he all he does is play offense. He doesn't pitch. He he plays right field. I I'm joking. He obviously plays defense in the outfield, but he's there's a value to a frontline pitcher. Outside, I mean, look at what Verlander gets. Well, look at what Scherzer gets. Look what these these top of the line pitchers are getting. They don't hit. This guy does it all. Whenever I think of Otani, I always think anytime there's a pitch that's even near his head, he dives out of the way, yeah. and people boo, and Dave Sims says, come on, people. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, we'll daydream about that. We'll see what kind of season he has. And I'd, if I had to bet where he ends up, to be honest, I'd probably bet on the Dodgers because they've got all the money in the mm. world. He seems to love L.A. Maybe I don't know if he's done with the Angels. You sure just, he loves L.A.? That seems to be the word that he likes. He's a West Coast guy and likes the yeah. sunshine and everything out there. So we'll we got, see. We got some, some sunshine out there. We're sunny today, right now, Dave. Right now, yeah. It could rain in two minutes, but it's right now it's sunny. All right. Uh, if this football thing doesn't work out, DK Metcalf may have a future in basketball. We'll talk about the big weekend he had coming up with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Remember who this is, Dave? Uh, this is Walking Papers. No. I know. Uh, <laughs> it was a good try, though. I have Walking Papers on. I was listening to them over the weekend. Oh, yeah? Because they're on my Spotify account. Oh, okay. On your, You have a playlist or something? Yeah. The one okay. I don't like, though, is the one that we play here because then I feel like I'm at work. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> then you feel like you got to come in and you start talking to yourself, start yeah, spouting mumbling. opinions. Mumbling. <laughs> is that what happened yesterday? Uh, Why? Did you think we had? Oh, a I show did. Yesterday? I did think we. I woke up thinking we had a show. Oh, you did. Yeah, and then I looked at the show sheet and I'm like, didn't we just? Have, you guys had Shannon Dreyer on, didn't you? <laughs> did you? Text? I, just, I just ran it back from Friday. It was did you a text nice Lefko? It was a nice little moment. No, I texted people that I could trust. That oh. wouldn't. If that, you texted me, I would have told you. No, I, I texted just... people that I could trust that wouldn't make fun of me. <laughs> so I text. I texted Bumpus. 
Because uh, when I'm home, I get locked in and I forget that I even have a job here. And because uh, I'm locked in cleaning things and your job is the yard slipping in the mud, things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I did. I did not realize because President's Day. Come on. Really? Why do you hate presidents? Well, yeah, I, hate presidents. <laughs> I don't hate presidents. I just, I don't know. I, I don't just, like anybody who's like a, a president one. of anything, anywhere in the country. President of a bank? I don't like you. That's it. <laughs> it's not for them, Bob. Uh, Come on. I'll save that rant for tomorrow. We'll get into that. What's yeah. bugging Dave? Presidents. Presidents of anything. Their holiday. Did you get my golf thing? We might do that tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching the golf. People. Well, that's when, I, oh. that's when I first got the sense of like, hold on. Does he think there's a show? Because you texted me all that. And I was like, no, no, no way. <laughs> and then you sent me some more things. Like, huh. Okay. Nobody I'll told it, me. I'll let it fester. I'll let it build. Yeah. Fester. Yeah. Nobody uh, told me. Nobody told me that there was a day off, President's Day. <laughs> well, it was sent out in an email, but <laughs> like everybody I said, in the company. Like I said, Bob, nobody told me. <laughs> we, we talked about it all day Friday. Dave needs special off. treatment. They got to pull him yeah. and look him in the eyes and say, Dave, What's here's the email? plan. <laughs> I already got a, an email account. It's like you're in school, a little note to take home to your parents. Like, pen it to my tell, shirt. Yeah, please tell David, no show on Monday. <laughs> tell David. Uh, did you watch any uh, of the uh, NBA festivities over the weekend? Yes, I did. Well, and the, the slam dunk contest was, was a huge thing. That was awesome. But you, you also had uh, the Celebrity All-Star Game, which featured one DK Metcalf, who... Uh, you know, ended up being the MVP of the game and showing that he's he's still that freakish athlete. Uh, could he could he dunk it? Would he be able to dunk it? Well, here you go. Oh, 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 oh wait! Try to make a pass. Uh-oh. Watch out! Watch out for the train. We got Zion Williams. He can make, make a good decision. Oh, oh, no! Say it with your chest, DK, the dunking machine. Woo-hoo. I can already see some early smoke from DK Metcalf. Packed it. One hand went in there. Just. Look very natural. You know, <laughs> it was not a big surprise because if you watch him during the the, uh, well, first of all, just look at him, right? <laughs> I mean, he's six four and he just, but uh, he does a, a drill where he goes and catches one handed passes yeah. above. They were showing the video of the that. field goal, right? And yeah. you can tell he's like because the the field goal the crossbar is ten feet. Yeah, so you can tell that it's about like he has passed his elbow up there. Well, those were impressive. Side. They were showing a video of that over the weekend where he was doing that drill, but he's doing it from a stand, just standing still and jumping straight up versus getting ahead of steam, running down yeah. court and packing it. The video was more impressive than the dunk was because I mm. hadn't seen that. I've seen him warm up, you know, from up in the press box. You're kind of watching him. It's hard to tell how high somebody's jumping and doing that. kind. Of, and I don't even know if he does that on game days, but yeah. this looked like it was out of practice and he wasn't wearing his Hawks uniform. It looked like he was just training. Yeah. Just standing still, leaping straight up into the air, catching the ball one hand and coming back down, and he was way up there. He is a superstar, man. Goodness. I mean, and that's a, going into last season. You know, that was the thing when they signed him to that deal, and I still think they got a bargain, the Seahawks, because DK is a superstar. But yeah, there's two things that I get to go down on the field before the games, whether we're home or away, and two things I try to pay attention to. One, believe it or not, is the punter, Michael Dixon, and the way he makes these ridiculous backspins because he'll shoot for like the five-yard line, and I swear to you, the ball will go straight up in the air and then settle on like the four. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is watching DK do that drill. It's it's impressive, man. Yeah. So, and the other thing, too, is that you know, you see how high he is above the crossbar. It's so much faster running on a wooden court. Like the best, 
the uh, the best 40 I ever timed was at Stanford inside in the basketball gym, and they just taped off 40 yards, and everybody was doing it, and it was just like, oh, man, you just felt so much faster. It's it's a lot easier to, you know, to, to jump and, and to run and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive, and it just didn't it kind of make you feel like, that's our guy, man. I mean, this DK, maybe we don't appreciate enough. And we talk a lot a lot about Tyler Lockett that same way. Maybe those two guys just don't get enough love. Yeah, he. well, he's. I feel like once he chased down Buda Baker, he was put on the map internationally. Yeah, like not just true. here in Seattle. Like, everybody was talking about that, and everybody became uh, very aware of his speed and athleticism in that particular moment. And this, this is when I was watching it going, okay, yeah, that seems about right. But then I'm going, are Pete and John sitting in front of a TV right now going, please don't twist an ankle. Oh, yeah. Please don't land on somebody's foot. Please don't, you know, whatever. Yeah, Because I could imagine you're, you're worried. You're, you're like, okay, man, yeah. we're letting you do this thing. You know, other guys, I think is it Miles Garrett, I think, is the one that has it written into his contract that he cannot play basketball mm. in the offseason. And I get it. You're you're investing tens of millions of dollars into these guys. And, hey, I'm going to go out here and play with my guys on the court or I'm going to go – ride my motorcycle or whatever i could see them going no no you're not you're not going to do that i wonder how they enforce that i mean obviously these kind of all-star games are very visible but if he wants to go play you know we had a center uh who was a buddy of mine and a cal graduate so no i'm kidding uh like jared goff (laughs) yeah no he's very smart guy keith Carts. he was our center in seattle we actually owned a racehorse together me him Mm. and elway but um yeah, he went to a celebrity skiing thing and blew his knee out. Yeah. And that was like a big, like his story was like, this is why you can't ski or this is why you can't play basketball, whatever. So Yeah, I get it. I get it. And by the way, again, a bunch of people saying that video is fake. Which of, video? Of DK hopping up and grabbing the ball with one hand where it looked like. On he- the field? No, this looked like it was a practice setting. It, it wasn't a game. Oh. It wasn't in a. The one over the weekend. Yeah, yeah it's fake. Is it fake? Yeah, he jumps really high. And you can see somebody like the hedge being changed or oh, there's something wide. I just saw it on, uh, I think it was on Twitter. Somebody tweeted out. Well, it's, it's some, so it is, it's some it's promotion doctored. with something of some company that whatever he's wearing. But that is his drill is to do the yep. one-handed. Sure. And they just kind of exaggerate it. And okay, so they made it look higher. Little, okay, yeah. let me just tell everybody, you can go ahead and watch that video, but it's still impressive. Yeah. Because yeah. he's getting his elbow, you know, maybe like his tricep on the crossbar when yeah. he makes those catches. Yeah, that particular... Okay, so that one may have been fake, I guess, but that is his drill. That's not, not that something far he off. doesn't do. He, yeah, he <laughs> yeah. does. that's what he does. Before. I've seen him do it down there before Hawks games, but it was, like I said, hard to tell how high he's jumping from up in the press box. The angle's weird, but... It, you know, it's pretty... You see some freakish things. Um, one, one of them was Bruce Irvin. I think it was the last time he was here. You know those big dummies that are about six feet tall? Mm-hmm. I remember he was walking past our radio setup, and he just hopped up, pushed the top of it, and oh, just the leapfrog right over the top of it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I had to make sure I had the proper pronunciation for our guest coming up. Sam Fortier. Fortier. He covers the commanders for the Washington Post. He's going to join us, talk about uh, Deron Payne, who's a— guy that could be available that I think a lot of people would love to see in a Seahawks uniform. So we'll get into that, get into Eric Bieniemy, all of that happening with uh, Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.